1: Oh, gosh. I just got um, a little angry at Sean for uh, (laughs) suggesting on a late Saturday morning that we should go out to dinner tonight. And Uh, I just am like, how long are we going to play this game of deciding on Saturday that we want to go out to dinner Uh on a Saturday. And it's just like.
2: And then you're disappointed because there's nothing. There's
1: nothing. (laughs) And I I said, I just, it was a real snotty retort. Like, obviously we could have figured out something. (laughs) But I was like, how many times are we going to do this? There's nothing. OK, like yeah. and especially when you want to sit outdoors, those get mm-hmm. snatched up by mm-hmm. all the other covid chondriacs, mm-hmm. which I'm now calling us. I think mm-hmm. I just coined a new term, which is fair. <laughs> I'm a covid chondriac, you know, and that's OK. Yeah. But it's just like we're not. It's it, even in normal times, you don't get in to the place no, you want to get in. You don't. You can't of. just
2: be like last minute. Like I have a grand idea. Maybe we should go to eat tonight
1: I'm I'm so (laughs) fucking sick of it I'm and I know like and it's it's just it's not like a slam on him and it sounds like you know it's like our problem to figure out as a couple who never has any plans or whatever but it just infuriates me because (laughs) it's the attitude on the service end of it when you're Mm -hmm. the host or hostess or the server and Mm -hmm. someone comes in all wide-eyed and surprised that there's no fucking room for them and then you have to deal with their stupid attitude sure dude that's gonna happen until the end of time
2: (laughs) endemic it'll still be an issue it it doesn't ever budge it's always
1: something (laughs) I know oh my god anyways here's to hoping we can like maybe get a seat outside of a food truck tonight Welcome to Sidewalk Podcast, everyone. So I'm your host, thin. Brooke Van Poplin. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace.
2: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right.
1: Want to just be up front? You took, you took some CBD for your crampies, and you're feeling... Feeling a little moo.
2: You can out me if you want to, Brooke. But no yeah, I did. I do. Did. I didn't get enough. I worked very long yes. y- hours yesterday. And then we have a friend in town who we met. And I was very tired. And I didn't get drunk. I just was out late sipping on some drinks. And then I had to get up really early because the only time I could get a pedicure. And this is such a fucking dumb <laughs> issue, you guys. <laughs> I I to get up really early to get a pedicure because I'm going to Hawaii, but I'm working a ton before I leave. And, like, today was it. It was, like, my only window. And then, like, I was, like, I have cramps and I'm tired and I kind of drank last night, so I took a big pool of CBD to help and it countered. And now I feel wackadoo. How, I'm feeling how, wackadoo, guys.
1: Wackadoo, meaning, like, how did it counter? Like, because you don't Oh, t- God, even talking about it's making me have okay. the creepy... I got the creepy crawlies all over oh, my God. body. It's crazy. Um, I, I, I just CBD. feel more
2: high than I usually do when I Got take it. this stuff so I don't know what's going on maybe it might right. I don't know what's yeah, maybe,
1: maybe it's all the residual psilocybin that resides in your body now you mushroom slut I <laughs> been, but I
2: haven't eaten any <laughs> psychedelic <laughs> mushrooms in a couple weeks you know, I think it's just because I just, I'm tired. You're overtired. I'm tired. tired. And You're overtired. Like, and then I called my mom about some water shoes. And then she was like, her best friend Robin's in town. And they're just like two sassy bitches when they're together. And they just like started in like yelling at me. And I was just like, can you send me the goddamn water shoes that I researched for you on it? Look. You guys,
1: but guys, hot <laughs> Thanks tip. for
2: listening. This is a great like this is a great little powwow before the show starts. I'm glad we're having our shift meeting, it's, and we're it ironing is. out the kinks of my day.
1: It's great. <laughs> it's great, you know, I mean, but it's like we come into this every day with life coming at us, and I think we're allowed to share and <laughs> you know be I where- will
2: say though, had I been drinking delicious lo-fi aperitifs last night, I don't oh. think I would be feeling this way. You know why? Possibly. Yeah, because they're from Napa. They're handcrafted in small batches. Tons of botanical notes. You can have them alone as a low ABV option, mixed with tonic, soda water, juices, fruit, or they blend beautifully with other liquors. Bay bay liquors. What are
1: what did we learn? Base your base liquors. Base liquor, base exactly. Yes. Your base spirit, as they call base it. A base spirit. Base... Uh huh. Yes. We learned so much classy language uh, working with Victorian Lo-Fi last week. I almost yesterday got the ingredients to make um, the Lo-Fi Negroni. I think what I'm going to do now that Sean's home and we might have to have a date night at home, <laughs> make <laughs> the Negronis together. You know what stopped me, Andrea? What? I don't have. Good cubes, so I'm gonna go get a silicone uh, tray. I think in a little bit, and go make like the big, beautiful ice cubes.
2: Yeah, dude. Then there's your night out right there, just having fancy cubes at home. Who needs it? <laughs> fancy cubes <laughs> at home.
1: Bitch. Look, babe. I know I
2: couldn't get us to any restaurant within a five mile radius, but we got these fancy cubes, so let's make the most of it. Let's do it. Happy belated Valentine's day. <laughs> <laughs> No, not really. Not really. Um, but yeah, well, let's jump into some headlines, shall we?
1: Oh, yes. And I'm sure all of you are experiencing what's happening in the world of just now. There's just it like vaccine mandates and mask mandates in and around your restaurant or place of business. It just does. It's whack-a-mole. <laughs> it it's really pandemonium. Yeah. It's just it like to me, it, it's just like I think at this point, The confusion, putting the onus on the business owner to tell you what to do now that the government just backed off completely. And honestly, I just think as a server, if you feel the need to protect yourself with a mask, just do that. Oh, yeah. I think that's all that really needs to happen anymore is like as diners, fine, we're assuming the risk of going out and being in public for a little bit. But it's the server who's got the long shift indoors or outdoors Mm -hmm. for 8 eight hours, maybe more. And Mm -hmm. it's like, they're the ones, again, facing the exposure. So if you want to stay comfortable, you want to stay safe, keep the mask on. I don't fucking know what's going on. Well,
2: I mean, my level of service industry that I work in, like, you know, me, like, I'm inches away from people's faces. Right. Like, all day. I do not foresee me not wearing the mask, like, any time. I mean, I'm going to keep
1: wearing it, like, into the future. Like, it's... can we agree, too, that there are maybe some industries where, in general, like, mask, wearing a mask was always normal, and it mm-hmm. wasn't just, you know, in a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there are cosmetic and esthetician, you know, where just the safety, closeness, germ transmission. Totally. Moving forward, yeah. I'm like, I mean, I feel a- the same
2: way about being on a fucking airplane. Like, I'm just like, I think I'm always
1: going to wear this. Like, people are gross. Yeah. <laughs> People are real gross. Yeah. Even like walking outdoors with a mask on, bending over to pick up my dog's dew. I'm like, not getting the whiff. Not getting the whiff. And I love it. I love this new world. Really, you're not getting. Uh,
2: sometimes I get. I still little, get whips, but I have the. I have a bloodhound nose. You know that I can. Right. I, I can sniff out anything. Anyways, anyways. So here's the thing about the mask mandate here in LA. I'm so confused because like California is like, what dropping it. Newsom's like, bye bye. But LA is like, no, no, no. So there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just. I'm like, what's fucking happening? And I just looked, and it says like maybe late March. They said. LA will drop it but you know they're saying like bigger cities as like numbers start to drop that's when all of these regulations are going to start to ease up like Chicago is saying that Philly's saying that like all that stuff so I you know we'll see what's going we'll see see how it goes man
1: (laughs) we'll see we'll see I'm just like whatever I I probably only have a few more months of being able to stomach the whole charade of like wearing the mask To your table, and then taking it off, where I'm like, I will do the dog and pony show yeah you totally. know not, not to side with Ted Cruz I would never side with that dumb motherfucker but like at this point you're like we're doing the dog and pony show we're yeah. showing I'm doing it as, as I've said many times it's a courtesy it's a courtesy, it's, a mm-hmm. courtesy. Mm-hmm. it's what the restaurant has asked totally all of its wackadoodle do
2: um, I mean and- we were inside for a little bit last night at the fable we were outside mostly but then it was fucking cold and then like we went inside for a little bit and sat at a table and there weren't many people there everybody inside was glued to the TV watching Terminator 2 it was fucking hilarious and then there was this table next to us and it was like two dudes and a lady and one of the dudes got up at one point and looked at his friends and goes i got to go take a dump I'll be back and we Brian and I were like fucking gagged we were like what is happening why are we putting ourselves at risk for this and then Brian had to pee and he refused to go to the bathroom because the guy was gone for like t- 15 oh. or 20 minutes and when he came out he was like holding his belly, like that
1: didn't go well. <laughs> what the f- wow! We yeah. have been, we've become feral, weird quarantine monsters. Oh I don't know. Yuck.
2: You know, I think we. I've talked about like dudes taking dumps at bars on this show before, and I don't yes. like it.
1: It's yep. It's their they they just love to occupy a space however they can make <laughs> make it everyone's problem, right? Yeah. Guys,
2: all right yeah so the mask mandates might still be in place but the dude dump
1: mandates full effect is what I'm full effect you know what the mask mandate might just be that i only wear mine into the bathroom moving forward dude fuck yes truly god um yeah where were masks all the times i needed to use a porta potty (laughs) never again porta potty i'm masking up Okay, well, here's another interesting headline that I found, and and there have already been rumblings of a revolution, almost like an inverse of a revolution, because remember when electric stoves, also known as induction stoves, were mm-hmm. the norm, and a gas stove was considered the fancy, top-grade, mm-hmm. the aspirational piece to have in your kitchen, because you're like, mm-hmm. this is what a chef uses. Mm-hmm. Only chefs, you know? Well we're finding more and more that it's pretty wild to just have uncontrolled seeping natural gas inside of our house at all times leaking out. It makes people sick. It gives them headaches. We don't know how much we're actually breathing in or out. And to be fair, like, I cook like a motherfucker now over the last two years. Probably you too.
2: Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, we have the gas. Not only that, it's also, like, not good for the environment at all. It's like methane. It's a main contributor to methane
1: leaking into the atmosphere. Yes. So there is a push now coming to yank everyone's gas stoves. I mean, if you're probably in a really progressive city like L.A., it's going to happen to us. Don't worry if you're out, you know, in the Carolinas or something. They're probably not coming for you yet. But, of course, we've all been sold by big fossil fuel, you know, um, mm-hmm. and also the sort of notion that if you want to be taken seriously as a cook, you must use a gas stove. And we've been sort of brainwashed into thinking this because when you when you do say induction or electric stove, I immediately turn my nose up and I get so angry at you. Yeah, you one. think of the red hot
2: coils, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but... Again, it's a bit of a myth with anything. There's a learning curve because like, okay, let's be fair, right? My parents have a stove with the quote-unquote super burners Mm -hmm. that are so fucking out of control. Like my parents don't know how to cook with that stove. (laughs) Like they will – like you turn your back for one second on an egg and it's a crispy critter. Like that stove – is so insanely hot. And if you're not familiar with like how high should a flame be, just in general, yes, you can really fuck shit up with a gas stove as well. But people are saying that, you know, like, oh, well, an induction stove, an electric stove, no serious cooking can happen. That is a fucking lie and i'm sure i'm making like cooks and chefs um uncomfortable (laughs) and mad at me right now but it's time to fucking drop the scales off your eyes everybody it's time i'm a truther i'm a fucking electric stove truther no basically there's going to be
2: (laughs) i think things have just evolved like it's going to be an evolution
1: yeah they've totally
2: evolved and like look my my dad and deb have an induction countertop stove and it's I don't like doing it, but their cookware is garbage. And that's you know what I mean? Right. And that's the that's that's the difference. Like my mom has an insanely like hooded, beautiful gas stove and I actually fucking love cooking on it. But like you know, she also has good cookware and I think that is like gonna be the difference is like you think about the shitty cookware because you when did we have coil stoves I feel like it was my first apartment. you know what I mean? like
1: absolutely. When yeah. I' remember
2: getting a place with a gas stove I was like high class renter like you said you know <laughs> but but yeah, I think it's just obviously if you have the quality products and I love the idea that like these new induction stoves are like it's magnetic. So like the pan is magnetic and that what's that's what makes the heat like go right right and then when exactly. you remove it that shuts off so it, it immediately cools down and can be cool to the touch like
1: and can I get an amen for like it is so fucking aggressive and gross continuously cleaning the top of your gas stove. Oh dear. Oh, those fucking grates. It's Look, like you have to take them out back and hose. Those them off. aren't
2: a fucking walk in the park either because it's like a ceramic top. Think about like if you get anything like seared or stuck to that. It's it's it is its own beast.
1: I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna it lie. Is, I, I mean, I yes, I do. I see caramelized burnt sauce on top of also your electric stove. But I do think if there are going to be new generations coming out of mm-hmm. this stove or what have you, um, that there are going to be probably you know um improvements uh in terms of maybe like somehow a less you know no stick bpa free like all of our pans now and we can get into this whole system where not only is our cookware clean but we can also keep our stovetop clean and actually do more controlled cooking i just feel like it's interesting because it's a point of contention for anyone who cooks and sort yeah. of the, the dream we've been sold but it's as we keep learning it's a bad one <laughs> And I don't remember if it was last night or two nights ago. Also, I watched the um Downfall documentary about the Boeing Oh, oh. sorry, the the Boeing scandal, which I is I don't know about that. Oh, well, you know about I mean Boeing like fucking hid crazy. I mean, here's the thing. Don't be afraid to fly, but we all should have been afraid to fly while Boeing was pulling all sorts of wild shit for about 15 years. It's, you know, what you don't know won't kill you. And thank God it didn't kill us, but they were purposely flying um, their, their jets with, a huge malfunction that couldn't be corrected by pilots and that's why those two Whoa. Ethiopia and Indonesia went face down into the ocean because it was Boeing and so they wow, it's called downfall I think it's on Netflix right now and uh yeah just uh just I'll download sure you- it for my flight to Hawaii no- <laughs> <and it'll> be- <laughs> I was like no I was like just be watch it when you get home it's it's something that you have to emotionally prep yourself to be like am I ready to watch something Ugh. about um, airplanes. But anyways. Oh, my God. All
2: right. Well, let's move on to some server. Submitted <laughs> stories.
1: Okay. Here we go. This story, I had to pre-read it like all of them. Mm-hmm. So anxiety-inducing. Um, mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> Hi, friends. So there are likely articles out there about what happened this past Friday with Open Table, like system-wide, country-wide. But anyway, here goes. And you know, Open Table is is the reservation, reservation app. app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Friday night, 4:15 p.m. I'm at work at the restaurant I manage and serve at. I got there early to assemble a new patio heater. Didn't realize I'd have to put it together when I ordered it. And then I started going through the reservations to confirm with people when a red bar appears across the top of my open table screen telling me it's offline and there may be issues syncing what's happening online with what's in front of my face. (laughs) So I start troubleshooting. The iPad is still connected to the Internet, so that's not the issue. I try to see if there's an app update. Nothing. And at some point, the app stops showing me the booked reservations completely, and I almost have a heart attack. <laughs> Meanwhile, my stress levels are through the roof. Cooks and servers are asking me questions about fixing clock-in times and other in-the-moment trivial shit. And it, makes, and it takes all the effort to not scream and just ask everyone to write it down, text it to me later, you know, basically leave me the fuck alone. We're in crisis mode. Because at the moment, I'm not even sure if we'll be able to run service tonight. Get the fuck out of my face, is what she's saying. Wow, wow, So, I shoot a quick text to our open table rep describing my issue. Quickly hop on a call with the owner of our restaurant as well. While I'm on the phone with him, we both receive a text from the rep telling us there's a widespread open table outage. Likely caused by Boeing. No, uh, by... (laughs) By computer server issues and that their team is on it. She has no ETA for us, and it's one hour before opening on a Friday night. I have no access to our reservation book. Truly the stuff of restaurant nightmares. The owner can still see the reservations on the app on his phone, so he starts screenshotting them and sending them to me with a list of the ones with specific table-type bookings. Is it bar? Is it patio? Etc. I suddenly go back to my days as a host at Red Robin in 2009 and hand draw a floor plan. Yes, yes! I know, right? Make a reservation <laughs> book on a yellow legal notepad and start tearing tiny pieces of masking tape to use on the hand drawn floor plan. The idea was to write the reservation name and time on the piece of tape and place it on top of the hand drawn table when they sit. You know, like the mm-hmm. Open Table app, but analog. Mm-hmm. I'm frantically writing out all the reservations and explaining to the host how it's gonna work. It's currently 4.50 p.m. and we open at 5.30. The owner calls back and tells me to try the app again. He thinks it might be back. I try refreshing the app. It takes a full three minutes to load a big spinning wheel with a quote unquote loading 5,000 guests information message. Finally, Open Table is back online with minutes to spare. Only problem is the system's algorithm has not placed any of the reservations at tables like it normally does, so I have to quickly go through and plot the whole book. Thank God that shit came back. I was not wearing my smartwatch that day and wish I was so I could see how high my (laughs) blood pressure spiked around 4.30 p.m. (laughs) Luckily, the rest of service was relatively smooth and uneventful until... An unhoused elderly man walked right into the restaurant off the street around 11 p.m. as we're trying to close our last tabs. He walked right past the two female staff members near the door, completely ignoring them when they tried to stop him, and just went ahead and sat himself at a table near a window and then refused to leave. I was hands-off in this particular situation. I let the big burly bar manager and chefs handle that one. There was water and coffee given and a very long bathroom visit. He was there for oh, I don't know, about an hour before being escorted out the back door by said bar manager. It took longer than calling the cops for sure, but sending a drug-addled elderly man to jail for the weekend just didn't feel right to any of us. I ended up leaving the restaurant around 1 a.m., a full, stress-filled 11-hour day, went home, smoked a bunch of weed, and passed the fuck out. Nice. She said, let's hope Valentine's Day is less eventful. This was... (laughs) Last weekend, Godspeed and very good tips. Melissa in Venice and Santa Monica says, P.S., we love lo-fi at our restaurant. Yeah. I know. It's our go-to vermouth, and we use the Genshin Amaro in a house cocktail with Wilder gin. Yum. Boom, boom, boom. Anyway, Godspeed and good tips.
2: Nice, nice. Oh, is
1: there a correction here too? Oh, yeah, there's a funny, yeah. Okay, wait, wait. (laughs) She said, "I said Red Robin, circa 2009. Maybe because I'm trying to make myself younger. It was more like 2004. In my hometown, I'd see my former high school teachers come in and get wasted on their lunch breaks or at happy hour after school was out." Oh my god, I love that. It. And that is from, um, so sorry, yeah, Melissa, which we said, okay.
2: Oh wow, that's a that is a stress filled <laughs> story.
1: Could you imagine if that was on Valentine's Day? Oh, uh,
2: I mean, it was oh. the Valentine's Day weekend. You know, it's right, the right. start of the insanity. I mean, Fridays are fucking crazy and unpredictable. I mean, oh, what a what a what a hot mess! I'm so glad it came back online, but yeah, I didn't read anything about it. Now I'm gonna look for articles.
1: Yeah, clearly there was. I'm sure if I go on Reddit that there is like a host subreddit. About, like, fucking open table, oh my god, you know, what are you
2: doing? I mean, it is, like, it is a lot to rely on all these apps and computer systems to, like, run your fucking business. It truly, truly is. Like, you you know, like, I book all my clients on, like, a very specific app at work. And, you know, we use sticks. And it's just, like, when it falls apart, it's, I mean, it's same with POS systems. It's the same goddamn thing, you know? Like, it's fucking nuts
1: when you're just, like... What do we do without technology? <laughs> it's, I know, you go back to your handwritten everything. And I mean, yeah. it's like, it's no fail, you know, unless, no. of course, a, a rat comes and grabs it and runs yeah, down into a sewer grate. Yeah right? yeah, right. You're like, where are my, where are my like red
2: erasy pens? Where are those red, <laughs> like, or the pencils, the wax pencils that you would yes. like have the plastic and oh, then yeah. you would cross off? Yeah. Oh, God, that is some fucking feels right there for service industry host, and for sure. Okay, let's go to the next story, you guys. We've got more from our boots on the ground delivery correspondent, Alex. Okay, here we go. So in early 2020, pre COVID, I had both of my grandmothers pass away within a couple of weeks of each other. Holy shit, good Lord. I took a little time off for the funerals, but still went to work to take my mind off things. We had one little old lady who ordered the same food for delivery every Sunday at three o'clock. And every Sunday she'd paid with exact change and tell me you don't get the delivery fee. Oh, you you get the delivery fee so I don't have to tip. Wow.
1: Thank, wah, thank wah. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. Totally. Did you ever fact check that lady? Did you ever decide to fact check that?
2: Okay. <laughs> anyways. So needless to say, she was not one of my favorites. One Sunday, I took her delivery, and when she answered the door, she asked me to tell my grandma to get well soon. And I had to explain to her that one of her Sunday morning after church breakfast companions had passed on and that her funeral had already happened. Oh, God. The little old lady was devastated, and I had to stay to console her, but still no tip. (laughs) A couple of weeks later, after my second grandmother passed away, I found myself in the same situation. I brought her delivery. She answered the door and told me to give my grandmother her best wishes. This time around, I wanted to avoid the fit of grief, so I just responded, you can tell her to get well yourself if you have a Ouija board. That's so fucking dark. I love it. The confused regular either didn't get my joke or didn't hear me because we completed the delivery with another comment or a tip <laughs> oh my god that's a good one and like oh man what a couple of weeks I mean I get it just like driving like here's your pizza really can get your mind off like har- the harsh realities of your grieving world um okay so once I knocked on a door to deliver a pizza and the lady who answered explained that her husband was in the garage had the money and he was the person I needed to talk to I don't like this at all bro. I don't like where this is going <laughs> The big garage door was open, and I saw the man standing in a corner facing away from me. What is this fucking Blair Witch pizza delivery? Uh, And I said, you must be the man with the money I'm looking for. And then he turned around and said, damn it, you caught me. (laughs) I was a little confused uh, by how surprised and embarrassed the man seemed. He then explained and said, I'm sorry, I was taking a pee, and you'll have to let me finish And that's when I saw him holding a Folgers coffee can. What the fuck? I turned around to give him what privacy I could. He finished. He apologized for what I witnessed. And without washing his hands, gave me the money and then took the pizza and started eating it in (laughs) front of me. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's it. That is all we get from Alex today. Two little, like... Amazing paragraphs, real, sli- real pizza slice of
1: life over here. Oh my um, god! Well, gosh, R.I.P. Both grandmas. That's a lot. That is so much, right? But it's like it's like at least in some ways too, though. If if it was their time, at least a they didn't catch COVID, right? Which mm-hmm. would have been so horrible as a way for them to pass on, and b. Like, at least they didn't have to spend two years of extreme isolation. I know. I do.
2: You know, I do think about that with, like, people who have passed on, like, you know, and been like, yeah, yeah, they're gone and they didn't have to put up any of this bullshit. Um, You know, we're going to get through it. But I get I get it. (laughs) it's taken a lot of it's taken a toll Um, you guys always great stories these were awesome please you know when you're ready send those server submitted stories our way over to sideworkpod at gmail.com
1: okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So joining us, uh, which we're very excited, first time we've talked a big game and finally made it happen, (laughs) but... I know. We finally invited our friend Nikita Scott to join. Welcome to Side Work. Hi. Hi, Nikita. Yeah,
2: so <laughs> Nikita, you're like, like you're my pal that I don't see that often because we're more like friends of friends. But yes. when I get to see you, I'm always very excited. It's so
0: much fun. We yeah. need to change that. We I look agree. So close to each other too.
2: I know. I- I know. We were saying uh the last time we all hung out is when we went to the haunted hayride. <laughs> <laughs> in, it's all in- laughter. Oh my god in Los Angeles and like we went with our friend I mean it was a, it was a group of of ladies and it was awesome yes. like you know all like in our like late 30s early 40s like whatever 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 ladies on a hayride and like it wasn't that scary but we had a handful of friends that were fucking terrified I know I know and you know freaked out and COVID-y and all sorts. oh yeah so there, there's a lot
1: a lot there's, to be frightened I, of but
2: I mean, yeah, and yeah, we definitely just, like, all we did was, like, smoke, like, one-hitters, like, in waiting in line for an hour before we even got on the ride. So I was, like, in prime shape for what I witnessed, and I had never laughed harder. I think it had been months since I laughed
1: that hard.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so much fun.
1: It I was, also... It was, I like to feel like it was, like, our, we single-handedly ruined Halloween for everyone else. Um, and <laughs> also paid that money. Because all like, we did... Just with our screaming, chewing the scenery, taking over, like basically all of the actors in the woods got word that we were coming. And so they didn't even bother to scare the rest of the wagon because they I were like, like let's we just get to the entire wagon
0: at the hayride. And
2: yeah, we, we were, were kind of like we were, those ladies at lunch I mean, at, we at that haunted hayride. You know, the other, we had customers, we had big wagon like, energy. are they a part of the and- show? <laughs> I know. <laughs> ah! Oh my
1: god. Like wait, it. like we were paid to secret shop the the haunted hayride yeah. <laughs> or like we were plants yeah. like guys, this we is how tro- scary we you totally should be well. and then just a bunch of <laughs> Yep. I love
2: it. I love this. Well, before we get into today's topic, which is about like basically like being an entertainer and a server at the same time, let's get, you know, Nikita, let's let's little learn okay. a little bit about your background as a server. So like, I what lived is your history? in New
0: York city for like 11 years. And so I feel like that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no, it was insane. Um, I feel like that's all I did. There was serve you know, wait tables, hostess, bartend. And it was like my whole life in New York City was, you know, waiting tables. And it was wild. I feel like I worked at so many different kinds of places. And um, to the point that when I got out to Los Angeles, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I still ended up working as a singer, bartender. (laughs) I don't tell mama for a few years. So it's crazy actually.
1: It's, it is something that, like, the New York City side of it does force people mm-hmm. to completely change careers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our friend Heather, who is now, like, a real estate queen, but prior to that, she was, like a, like, a music and rock and comedy... Um, venue manager and booker, mm-hmm. and that just like ran her into the ground. The entire, you know, it's like that huge rock venue mentality, and so she's like, "I can't do it. I can't do it. We're not. Yeah. We're going to show people houses." Yeah. And make when I got out here, that I was just, just kind of great. like,
0: "There's got to be something else I can do." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is there something else I can do? <laughs> you know? Can I? Yeah. Can I become a surf you know, instructor selling knives in
0: supermarkets? I totally had a. But I mean,
1: (laughs) like,
2: working at a place where you're like working at a place where you're a server and you're also the entertainment is so Mm -hmm. niche. It's so specific. Like, and you did that in New York. Like, how did how did you even land? Was it it New York, and then I would say that that in LA, or uh, what do you mean, uh,
0: person? LA. Um, do doing like the the, uh, I actually that was my first time doing that out here, and we. It was um, in New York. They have don't tell mamas, Amazing. and I think they tried to open up one out here, right? Which you know, and didn't end up being successful. But uh, you know, that was a really interesting job for me because I had to bartend and also sing while bartending sometimes, and then we also had to take turns doing musical sets during our shift so we will stop bartending and then go up and sing like four or five songs with the pianist and then come back to bartending and it was a trip it was it was a lot of fun um i feel like that job out here that was the only waiting tables or bartending job that i would ever take out here because i was able to perform while doing it and so i felt like okay
1: yeah Yeah, I feel like, you know, we've spoken a little bit, like, about the feeling of, like, in New York, like, cabaret, Broadway, you know, speakeasies, lounges, like, all the weird little, you know, theater freak shows and underground scenes, and, like, it's just very much a thriving, normal way of life, and in L.A., it takes a little more to get people, you know, Mm -hmm. and so... Because it's more about acting it out is. here than it is yeah, about yeah. musical theater.
2: Yeah, it's definitely like, and I feel like in New York, it's like authentic. And here it's like cheesy and like <laughs> hacked, you know what I mean? And not to like take away any experience anybody has had. No, but like, you're it 100% just that right. That's the and way it so when being, I you know? came out here, I was like, I'm not
0: doing musical theater. It didn't feel right because the culture was different. And so I basically right. split my music off and I had a band. And then I also did my acting. And then writing. So like they were just separate entities instead of like, you know, exactly.
2: all together. So working and performing, (laughs) like waiting tables, bartending, performing at the same time. Like we talk all the time about how you have to be like an insane multitasker just to be a fucking server. And like 1,400 things are going on in your head at one time, you know, especially on a busy night when you're in the weeds. So let's talk about adding, having to stop everything and go perform. (laughs) While you have one of your tables looking, you dead in the eye. Basically. Being like, why didn't you bring me my fucking martini? It's a lot before? of like looking like, at your, your is
0: yeah. like table seven. <laughs> but- It was really actually insane. Uh, I don't even understand how we did it sometimes. Sometimes we would literally be backup singing for the person on stage while bartending. And so there would be a mic in our hand, especially if there was a duet and like a tambourine. And then you put this under your arm and then you're shaking a drink and then you pour it and you'd be like, ah! You know, (laughs) it's just it was insane. It really was insane. It was fun though, because I had never experienced anything like that in my whole life. But it was
1: good. And like. I have to ask too like because you're performing these like wild feats and like I think that's a pretty unexpected like most people think that there's a clear line of demarcation yes. between the, the staff and the entertainment right and then suddenly yeah. they're like oh my god my server is yeah. singing to me and she's like the headliner that I feel like there is hopefully the joy and being impressed overrides the pettiness of being a piece of shit customer but I, would I mean say, not always but I would yeah hope I would actually say
0: with that particular job it was better I would say in that sense because you know your customers would also fall in love with you and then they would only come the nights that you work if they wanted that kind of thing and you know they request songs and you learn it for them and you know it's like a whole serenading thing and it's really it actually was really really cool you do kind of feel they make you feel very special and
1: important yeah well you should. I mean, like, yeah. God God forbid we all felt special as servers and valued. That like we, you know, and it's so funny because we always talk about so yes, of course, there are people who love the service industry and it's going to be a career long thing for them. And then there's another large camp of us who are like, we're doing this while we're pursuing something, you know, else, which is artistic. And you, you dream of the situation yeah. where your customers could see you in the yeah, media. Yeah, it's true. And, and then, then it was you really are. cool
0: out here too, because a lot of customers you would get gigs from, or they, you know, want you to be involved with something yeah. outside of that and, um, it was a really, really cool experience. I will say, it was really sad when the place closed down. It was kind of special.
1: Yeah, I and Al, we yeah. talk about it too. Like LA is hopefully now with the pandemic sort of like winding down too. That like, um, because my my oh, you should come uh, tomorrow night if you want to come hang out with us at Gold Diggers because like the thing that I kind of do with Julian now is the live piano karaoke you know, at, at a bar and LA is still a little bit like, I'm I'm sorry, what is this? Yeah. You're like, "Mm, okay. And like, oh yeah. And, and the thing is like in New York, it was like, yeah, everyone does it. This is so normalized. Um, You know, they put on this whole scene and now out here it's so like in the know that you're like, dude, Uh it's like an invite only celebrity Uh thing, which is Mm -hmm. hilarious, which now is being more, normalize like no just anyone can do it if you know how to sing a song Julian will play the piano while you karaoke it and you but you get such a different vibe of like and we've had him on the show before too being like I'm a fucking I love that a song tender tender. you know because yeah right which is kind of what you did too if someone's putting in a request oh my god would someone be like (sighs) Uh, the usual <laughs> and you made them a martini <laughs> and sang a song they ah, oh my god I love that and then also gratuity
2: that's really I'm like were they people, did like tipping they you after tip songs us, um, or were they just drink yeah.
0: like for songs and they would like give us money if they requested stuff and if we knew it and and if we did a really good job they'd give us money it was cool it was cool like that
1: nice <sighs> God, you're like hashtag no regrets. I'm sad. This place, sorry about that. I know, went away.
2: <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, it's okay. The dogs bark all the time on the show. It's 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 kitch. She's this like, park. I
0: can sing too. Um, but yeah, no. It was it was no regrets at that place. I'm, it was really a very unique um experience for me, and and I would never take it back. It was I felt very special. Um. Aside from, like, my other waiting table jobs, like, you aren't people aren't able to see, like, more of you. And they were kind of able to really get to know me and um, fall in love with me. And they kind of, like, toot your horn.
2: Yeah.
1: I love that. Can I also ask, did you have to bring people food? Yeah, I was about to ask the same thing. So I I just served drinks. I
0: think the the waiters would bring the food to the bar if the people had ordered it, so...
1: See, and I, I think once again, there's because we all like respect bartenders yes. and are a little afraid of them and want them to love us, and then you're singing on mm-hmm. top of that. These are like two tiers of power. Yeah, like these yeah. are two power yeah. grabs in one. Cool. Mm-hmm. Was
2: it costume attire, we or did you like kind of wear your own cool. stuff? Yeah. Um,
0: because you know it was kind of a person you kind of show your personality with what you wear so that was pretty neat and i would always take advantage of like dressing up and and figuring it out
2: nice nice would you like play to uh-huh. and obviously play to whatever songs you were singing? i that would night too, i would and it was really wise. interesting so
0: um because clearly it was like a huge musical theater thing. And like a lot of the singers were so freaking good. We had the staff from New York come down to come over to open up the uh, restaurant in LA. And they kind of showed us Mm -hmm. the ropes, like through training and, and everything with what they would do. And I remembered like when I auditioned, they were a little on the fence with me because I was different. I would bring like, some musical theater, but I would bring like Creep by Radiohead and Adele and I would put my own spin on um, uh, things. So they were kind of like, this isn't really musical theatery, but we really, really like it. (laughs) So it was neat. It was really, really neat. And I I grew as well, like my repertoire grew while being there because you kind of like, I got to learn more music because people really want to hear this and they want to hear that. So it was really, really cool.
2: Mm -hmm. That's awesome I mean I feel like I would make wardrobe choices Poorly all the time That weren't as functional as being a bartender Like if I was going to do a Stevie Nicks night I know that I would just be like Reach across the bar and like four (laughs) bottles Would get stuck in my lacy billowy arm You know what I mean
1: I just feel like (laughs) <laughs> it would be poor choices across the board I, for me. I would dress like you know Elton John in, in a Donald Duck costume, and no one could get by <laughs> oh, me behind I the I uh, uh,
2: Yeah, you're like I can't get my I can't get my underwear around really my waist today. Some things not- were <laughs> epic
1: fails. It's <Yeah.
0: laughs> like oh, this went into the <laughs> you know soupy tray
1: of mixed alcohol, and maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> worn that. <Okay. laughs> Wait, yeah. So, so then major question, what was more important? Your ability to sing, and then they'd be like, We can brush you up on the cocktails, or were they taking oh, the bartending They said that they were
0: taking well. the mixology seriously. Luckily, I came from New York, so I knew my stuff. But I remember we had yes, um you knew. Pride Weekend and, <laughs> and my friend Scott was uh, Scott Stevens, he amazing musical theater uh guy. And <laughs> He was like Nikita, and he's from London. He's like, Nikita, I don't know how to make anything. And I was just like, just follow my lead, follow my lead. I was like, what this, what this? And he was like, you <laughs> oh. were like, give it to people. Well, they were like, that's disgusting. I'd be like, just <laughs> stand over to the side. I'll take care of it. So, you know,
2: <laughs> just sing the songs. I like, we do a the songs. Go, go wow, I'll take care of everything else
1: oh my gosh you that's open amazing. yeah open beers no. pull taps and do two ingredient exactly. drinks anything else yell for me okay
0: it was in what Lilo, was the right location the street, was it across the Hollywood? Street from hamburger mary's
1: yeah
2: uh-huh oh right uh-huh. on wow it's a big place okay. it's
0: a big place
1: wow man we have to talk off air um, as a uh, potential new venues opening downtown LA, if you'd be interested in singing of ever course. again, you Absolutely. Know, I love
0: performing. Are you kidding me? Yeah,
1: I need oh to, I'm going to try to come yeah, to gold diggers tomorrow. Like, oh my God. Cause like you, sh- I want you two to meet each other and I want you to do a song. And, uh, <laughs> tomorrow night there'll be yeah. no bartending involved. They have their own staff. So <laughs> yeah, we get to it's just, it's just, if I can't go group. back there and make my own drinks. I'll, I'll bartend. Yeah, for
2: sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, but we always like to shout out and thought we would talk about some of our other famous, you know, the famous jazz clubs, lounges, places where this is happening. You guys lived in New York, so you should talk right. about these ones. Right.
1: Okay. So, and I know this wasn't because we're talking, you know, Nikita, you were a little more like, sounds like cabaret, Broadway, but then there are also like famous lounges that mm-hmm. were like jazz singers and jazz quartets, quintets. Like, I don't know if you'd ever been to Birdland or the Village Vanguard which the Village Vanguard blew me away. The fact that I got to go there was it? Is it a, is is like, the Village Vanguard an
0: old place or is historic. it newer? Really? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, baby. Basically, Birdland, Village Vanguard, and the Blue Note were like, wow. Around since, the the you know, Blue Note,
0: I knew movies. because you know, you know, so, I used to work down there by the, um, mm-hmm. I used to DJ and karaoke DJ at the Fat Black Pussycat. And I used to sing sometimes at the Village Underground yeah. when my boss would call me up on stage. And then I used to love to go to the Café oh, yeah. Wa. And, um, you know, I worked at the Comedy Cellar for years. So.
1: Right. Is that how you met
0: our Shockingly, friend Mara. I think I met Mara through Friends of Friends, through Beatrice. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Got but it. It was just a yes. coincidence oh. that she happened to be a comedian and she would frequent there all the time. So it was, it was a
1: trip. Yeah, man. I know. I it really takes me back to the year two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when I was just that's, running around in the West Village constantly. All, yes, in all those actually, underground bars I and clubs. I had a
0: massive breakup in two thousand eight, and that's when I started working right there at the Olive Tree Comedy Cellar, and so
2: it was so funny.
1: We we had to have. we absolutely encountered each other yeah. then, which is crazy. We had I to. Also,
2: have a- I love hearing that you were like, you know, like you were like, you've been primed and like working where there's like a show going on while you're doing service for so long. It's just like, it is such a specific thing. Not to brag, but I did work at a dinner theater in Omaha, Nebraska for about three years when I was 19, 20, 21 ish. Um, And it's a, it's a very, very specific situation. Now it was like pretty okay musical theater that happened all the time sometimes I was in the show and also waiting tables. And so it was like a run around. You'd have to like run around during like, we didn't serve during the shows, but you'd have to do like an intermission where you'd have to serve dessert and get drinks. And you'd be like in your costume running around and people would be like, (laughs) you're doing a great job. Wasn't there
0: there a diner um, in New York where the servers would be singing?
2: Am I making this up? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like Broadway-ish, right? I always forget There's, the name yes, of it. and yes, it was fifties like
1: kitschy, right? Um, it was called like the the Broadway something crazy like that. We had one or two people who is it actually, Gail's Broadway Rose? Is that it?
2: Yeah, I think maybe, that's it. Maybe not. Ellen Stardust Dinner is that it? it yeah, it's the stardust. stardust. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But we've had a guest who. Only waited and bartended there, was not also, you know, a performer. Cause I guess you could be like, is it cool if I just make a drink and don't yeah. sing? <laughs> um, I, I, I <laughs> feel <be> like, like <laughs> I. Yes, I just like, want to bartend here. I have no other aspirations whatsoever. <laughs> totally, you know, and, um, so like that was a big, that was for sure a big scene because you've got like the Broadway, you've got the history of all the you know the jazz and and all the underground that that's amazing. And then you have these other really crazy rad lounges out here yeah. in Los Angeles, like the Baked Potato. Mm-hmm. There's the Smokehouse, the Grand mm-hmm. Star Jazz Club, I the, love Dresden, the Dresden, as weird and loungy and, uh, as that shit is.
2: R.I.P. Marty, uh, yeah, R. 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 Marty, yeah. Lane.
1: I loved it there. But, yeah, <laughs> I know end of an era truly an end of an era and it's so funny because like everything keeps coming back to a vortex of Julian because like they're really kind of tapping him oh really to maybe that's be cool. the next generation of that yeah. is and there I'm some like, sort
2: of crazy ceremony where like just, whatever spirit embodied Marty now takes over Julian It's like
1: I don't know that's just what I'm thinking when like, when <laughs> when I found out Marty died I asked Julian if he felt a cold energy pass through his body um but you know a real a real handing over of the <laughs> anyways, I was like, yeah. they're they're fashioning your coffin yeah, for you to sleep in as you speak. they slept at they it's were piano puppy. shaped. <laughs> they were Hollywood vampires, dude. That's what they called themselves. And they slept in coffins. I they did not original weirdos.
0: I asked them if I could sing a song once and
2: they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's a lot there. No, I, def- I you definitely did got like fat
2: shamed a few times that by Marty. Son of a so- bitch. Oh, yes, I did.
1: <laughs> it's just like a fucking angry man with dementia with the worst rug on his head. I'm like, you remember that and now I'm just shitting on him. I'm like, I mean R.I.P. Real- I was like, I mean I would like, oh. start singing, I'd be know. like,
2: This is fucking incredible.
1: Like, you know what I mean? I was just like, Yeah, he doesn't know any
2: better. He does when sleep I- in a coffin.
1: He does sleep in a coffin. <laughs> He's disoriented at all times. He gets out of the coffin to go sing in the same room for 50 years. I they think maybe they, had a, yeah, maybe they had a curse on them and they needed help this entire time. But,
2: <laughs>
1: but, ah, but R.I.P.
2: for reals, though. I know. But, I know. But still like amazing. You can't. In, invent that kind of energy that kind of vibe like anywhere else like it's so very specific and like we did i'm uh, you put it on here which of course i want to talk about is something like the green mill in chicago you know like this iconic jazz bar that uh, the memories i have at this place seeing live jazz um, going for swing dance nights like seeing people like singing like on top of a grand piano like these are the kind of places that like I want. I never yeah, want to have die. Absolutely. They always. Need to exist I remember when or, um, you know uh,
0: pianos mm-hmm. closed out here. That was a very very sad day. Um, but they have, and you know, I think that they're trying to bring back that kind of old style kind of feel. What uh tr- uh, what's that name of that place? Something tramp. I can't remember it. Something tramp grannies. Am I? You know what I'm talking about? Tramp stance. Tr- Tr- oh, Tramp, Tramp Stamp, stamp Grammys. 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 Grannies. It's Saturday. Tramp Stamp what's wrong with Grannies.
2: <laughs> it's whats his butt. Tramp from, uh... Stamp Grannies. Grannies. What's,
1: I, it is. It's Saturday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. Because also, like, even as much as we're saying it's pretty normalized in New York City, suddenly, like, the new hot thing was Alan Cummings' oh. a little bar called... is ...Club Cumming. Is oh, like hell now, yeah. Yeah, That's all cool. the... Julian was a part of that, too. And all... Exactly. You go and you, you sing and it's just very like everyone gathers around a piano at like a rowdy bar and Mm -hmm. you sing standards and Mm -hmm. it is really fun. And Los Angeles is still very much like wet behind the ears with that kind of thing. But as these these jobs like make themselves known to you, like say if you're listening and you're like, I want a change of pace, I want something where people are doing more creative things. Like, the feedback is not going to be across the board, but it was like I was looking up these, you know, jazz clubs, um, you know, lounges like where you work at. And the servers, like even the words from your mouth are just saying it's the best waitressing job ever. Even if they're not the entertainment, what they love is the ability to every night to get to know the musicians and immersing yeah. yourself in a musical culture. The crowd is hip to it. They're they're in a good mood. They want to be there. So there's a good chance not only are you going to get your forced right. gratuity, which is really great about clubs sometimes, is they're going to tip above and beyond because it's like mm-hmm. everyone is there for a united purpose. Um, which is real different from when you're just at a bar and everyone's coming in yeah. with wildly different agendas, mm-hmm. you know, and you're managing a lot of different emotions. Where I feel like what's really cool in a jazz or performance club is like you do, you and they really feel very special. Happening.
0: Like you feel special, but they feel special because yeah. you're je- you're really serenading people. Yes. You yes. you want to make people happy, yes. you want to sing to people individually, you want to connect with them in their eyes and smile and sing them a whole you know song especially they ask you for it and they just feel like for a moment that they're their only person that exists in the world and it's just like <laughs> yes, it's just nothing like it, so it you know
2: well I think and the thing that goes along with uh establishments like this yeah. that I love is that there's there's fucking rules like there's <laughs> etiquette there's manners involved in it, and yeah. you either like get with the program as a customer or like get the fuck out. Like nobody, and I'm sure you had people that came in when you were yeah. working that you were like, "What the fuck? Why are you here? Don't you? This is what we do." And like, why are you? why are you back talking so right now? Go yeah. down the street <laughs> to some other place.
0: <laughs> like it is, there right. is etiquette. It's kind of like if this is a ballad, stop. You're not going to be screaming in the middle of this song. Stop. <laughs> You know, so right, but right. It was really, Completely.
1: really, really cool. I, I'm oh sorry. God, it is. And and I think what's cool too is like most people love to succumb to peer pressure, where they're like, "I want to do the right thing." What's the vibe? Okay, I'm gonna do the vibe now, and it gives people, um, you know, something where they feel like I'm I'm part of it, and so I'm gonna do the thing, and then hopefully I'm gonna teach others. Or when I bring people with me, I'm gonna show them the ropes of how to be. Like how kind of to be right in this space.
0: It was, was it good, good money good while money. you were there. Um, the place was not run the best. Um, so that was unfortunately mm-hmm. hard, yeah. and the food was not hitting
2: the. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it sounds like a Cisco menu to me. Probably was it like the kind of place
2: that you had a minimum. That you had to like. There was a two drink minimum. I have or you. I to remember. Had I was to... like,
0: wow, this was. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
2: This was in two, two, 2013 that it
0: closed down. Uh, so I'm sitting up here like, wow, good memory, Nikita. Yeah, there was a there was a two drink minimum. And um, that was cool. I mean, some people would be like, I'll just get two bottles of water. <laughs> it's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> But I'm sure working at the comedy cellar, like the same shit happened 100%. all the time, right? Yeah. My it's... God,
1: you're you're kind of the two drink minimum queen everywhere you work. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, yeah. The club, the clubs enforce that. Yeah. I don't mean you personally your drinking uh, habits. I mean like that you've worked at a I lot of places have. with that two drink have. minimum I, enforced. I would say the
0: comedy cellar was um, some of the most fun years of my twenties. I didn't even, I wasn't even submerged in like the comedy world or knew very much about comedy until I started mm-hmm. working there. And it was really one of the most memorable and most fun um, times of my life. My twenties were really great in New York city because of that. <sighs> I just remember the day that That's I was, so awesome. it was the first day that I had the front row um, downstairs in the comedy cellar and Dave Chappelle came in and I died. I died. I could not believe that that had happened. I was just like, he's
2: what?
0: (laughs) And then he was on stage and he was just like, I I came and I dropped the drink off and I was trying to be like a mouse and like not be seen. And he just stopped the whole set. And it was like, what is your name? I was like, Nikita. (laughs) What kind of lotion do you use? (laughs) Maybe a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> oh god and actually my last day at the comedy cellar he happened to have been there and it was wow. he called so me it on was stage and bookended. he serenaded me with the piano and made
2: up a song it was so cool I'll never forget it never oh forget word. it that's amazing I I I actually love that. I mean, I, and this was, it's much smaller fries, but even when I when you know, when I moved to Chicago to like pursue improv and like the one night that I interned, it was basically like, you know, when you intern at improv Olympic get Free classes, you're basically like the buster for the evening. You know what I mean? That's your job. Like you get there you set up and you break down. But the night that I worked, the amount of comedy I was able to witness that was like just fucking incredible and genius was like, it was, it was, inc- it was so good. It's just like, you know, you're like, I'm getting paid to like be so entertained with everybody That's else. Exactly in this room. And how what I, a felt. Special time I never and what felt a special like moment, I didn't want to
0: go know? to work because of it. I felt like I was being entertained the whole time. And no matter how many times I would hear the jokes over and over, it would be like the first time I kept hearing it over and over. They they loved when I would work love because that. I would just die laughing.
1: <laughs> oh, you've got... you. I have a few friends and you're on the short list of people who you invite to a very important comedy taping because you've got the most supportive...
0: I love it. I love to laugh. laugh. It's my favorite thing in the world. It, it just pushes me right. That's...
2: Well ladies I, I think i think that we need to plan an outing to <laughs> tramp stamp grannies i really think we okay. should i mean it's darren chris's place you know from from glee mm-hmm. like he's just like homaging musical theater it's gonna be like the hollywood updated like cheesy version of it but i'm fucking there for I'm it i'm totally down it'd be no. such totally a weird down fun down night
0: <laughs> to go to tramp stamp grannies <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, did you guys just like put a bunch of like words in a hat and pull? I loved out? how you guys
0: just went silent. I was like, oh God, i are no, they- not getting it. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> Thank you for pulling that out of
1: me.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Nikita, thank you so much for talking with us today about your this amazing so history fun. as a server. Like, yeah, we love getting to know our guests. Like I'm, I. It's just so nice that we like get to chat about this. Like we knew that you had done it, but it's it's just so much better when we get to like get into like the thick and like the gritty of it and really find out. Yes. Um, how you spend I your time in the industry. Love, love, <laughs> totally. what you Guys are doing.
0: And oh, can I tell? I, this just came to me. Thank uh, you. One of the craziest stories that I had had uh, waiting tables at the olive tree upstairs from the
1: comedy cellar. Oh. It was my favorite. Their mezza plate was my like, favorite plate. It, to it ever was eat. amazing. The, I, the food there myself. was
0: so Anyways. freaking good. I don't know how you can make hummus so good because you think hummus is hummus. But so I went to the bathroom downstairs uh, and. I'm washing my hand in the sink and literally the door flies open. And all I know is I'm drenched and I look in the sink and it's just filled to the brim and of disgusting crap. And I'm sitting up here so shocked, like not understanding what happened. And I look in the mirror, somebody had projectile vomited right into my face in the middle (gasps) of the flipping no. shit, And do you know that when that happened, I thought initially that one of my coworkers <laughs> had thrown water on me or something for fun. You know, I just couldn't, I, I it was so fast and I looked down and the sink was filled. I was so confused. And I go upstairs in shock, like <laughs> somebody help me. <laughs> This drunk girl uh, wasted. Uh, they leave. They didn't even tip. That's my one crazy, uh, my one crazy uh,
1: for uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. Like they, like they forced that yes. bathroom door open when, you know, when you're panicking because you're going to vomit. So, you know, usually it's just one tiny little hook I'm and like, eye. Is
0: happening? <laughs> yeah. I've never in my life had anything like that happen. And I need to share that with you
2: today. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for... feeling so safe in the space we've created for you to share
1: <laughs> we, we might have to put a disclaimer at the top of the episode to listen all the way yeah, through totally
2: that's our fucking cookie at the end or our whatever our easter egg or you know this Ooh, is like oh this is the trailer God. at the end of the marvel movie thank you for letting me at, you know? to you about that
0: <laughs> i needed to get it off my chest oh any time sure. <laughs>
2: any fucking time <laughs> thank you for having me oh my god for sure you guys thanks so much for listening again any server submitted stories please send them our way sideworkpod at gmail.com and brooke you know what we say at the end of every episode we do godspeed (laughs) and good tips you guys